was at Target with Deke, and I was like, hey, if you guys are looking for Father's Day presents, there's Gonorrhea is an option. If you spell it right. Welcome to No Instructions. I'm Bob. I'm Josh. And we're back! I say that every time because you do. we record and then we don't for like three weeks. And Quite sporadic is the schedule. I was thinking a minute ago it would be funny to start talking about a bunch of stuff in the last episode that we didn't actually do. So people thought they that we had been recording and they just missed it. But I couldn't think of anything funny enough. So Like how we went to Mount Rushmore? Oh yeah, that was awesome. And we recorded live mm -hmm. in front of Mount Rushmore. And then that park ranger got bitten by a bear. Yeah, that was crazy. Yep. And Matt Whitman was there. <laughs> he showed up with like a fish. Yeah, and then he, he destroyed all those ninjas with that fish that attacked. Yeah. And then you ran into the gift shop while the ninja attack happened. That's right. <laughs> I'm out. Ninjas. <laughs> Not for me. Yeah. No so, thanks. Sorry we haven't recorded lately. We actually meant to. We meant to do, <laughs> record before Forby showed up. And then we just, like, I don't know. It just, we just didn't. It's hard to fit things in. It's easy to forget. What, what are you looking at? Sorry. Can you lower your mic? No, I'm not going to lower my mic. People can't hear me as well. <laughs> there we go. Um, and we just didn't, and then Forby was here, and we thought, he's coming, so we'll just wait, and we'll record while he's here. Yep. And we just didn't. Because <laughs> we're trying to run a business. Yeah. Which, ironically, we talked about a lot of podcast-specific <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Like, we had a very, very productive, like, working group meeting about podcasting in, in general. But with, like, actionable steps. It was like, yeah, great, let's do this, dudes. And then we had all four microphones sitting up on this table that we're talking at right now. Uh, and we didn't use it. And them. then we did not. <laughs> because our actionable items had nothing to do with the actual podcast that we were trying to record. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, like, I, we've had some great feedback from people who enjoy listening to the show. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. Um, it's hard to prioritize. And I think that was one of the things that we talked about while Forby was here in, in a bigger context. But it's it's hard to prioritize podcasts, even though I think they're great. I think they have a lot of potential. You know, we have to do things that make money to run the business, to keep things moving in the way that we want. And we have a bunch of different stuff going on. So it is difficult to put this out front in the timeline. But if we don't record, it's not because we don't want to. Well, and I think this past month... Uh, we try to set the tone for this podcast that like we're enjoying each other's company. We're doing something that's fun. It's a little break. We can talk about parenting stuff or what have you. Yeah. But this past month, like work stuff has been particularly crazy and it's not things that we can like openly share with everybody because they're sponsor related. So in the middle of like either frustrations or just like the hectic kind of interactions we have moving schedules around and trying to make, very strategic decisions it's not like oh hey let's put all of that on immediate stop and go play legos real quick and yeah. talk like everything is super fun and make jokes about things because sometimes you know when we're trying to run a business this stuff is not always jokey and fun yeah work and this work. has been one of those those particular months where like work has definitely been work yeah. i think right now today it's a thursday we just put out the video for the porch swing finally 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 I think that has been, in, in my mind, like, uh, the thing that's preventing me from taking, like, a nice deep breath was that video. <clears throat> and everything's surrendered. Like, the stuff behind the scenes, it's not important to anybody right now. But, like, not saying that's the reason we haven't been recording, but it has set this weird tone to where every day it's a little bit anxious for things. And in that, that feeling, like, there's stuff I've wanted to talk to you about. And I'm like, oh, that would make a good podcast episode. So we just kind of hold on to it, and then we forget about it. Yeah, because that's because we're grownups. That's what you do now. <laughs> just keep it inside. You have awesome working groups and amazing things, and you're like, "What did we do? We, we you remember that time when we were going to save the world and get all rich? <laughs> yeah, I don't remember either. <laughs> but we had it figured out. Yeah. Well, anyway, so that's that's kind of why we've been absent uh, this time. Last time it was something else, and I don't remember what our reasoning was, but. It's legitimate, like, you know, uh, just, it's hard to prioritize. Uh, so, that's where we're at. So, now that we're here, what's been going on? Life stuff. We haven't really talked about parenting things in a long time. I don't guess no, and anything. I have a topic. Okay, great. That I would like to bring up. Let's it's something that we've, we've danced it. around and talked mildly about. Um, let me see. What has been going on? 
Ooh, should we talk about that one dad thing that I talked to you about? We can, if you want. Because I think... So I will say, in regard to that, people can infer as they would like. There are certain things that would be helpful for us to talk about as dads to other parents. But I do recognize that our children will have access to this podcast in the future. Yep. In fact, one of my kids has already listened to this podcast on their watch, which is cool. <laughs> the future. That's pretty wild. Um, all, all on their own. They found it. They looked it up and they listened to some episodes and stuff. And so I think part of the landscape that we live in is being considerate of the future uh, media consumption of our children in regards to what we say. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think it, in the very cryptic thing that I'm trying to mention, uh, I would <clears throat> speak only about my reaction to the thing to try to seek wisdom from another parent who may have gone through the same thing. Gotcha. Cool. Can we establish that? Sounds good to me. You think we should proceed? Uh, that's entirely up to you. Okay. Well, let's talk about the first thing first. Okay. Um, we got our kids set up uh, with a, a debit card system through a company called Greenlight. I don't know, it was probably advertised through Instagram. I don't remember where. But it's like a, think of PayPal, where you can transfer money from your bank to a thing and then spend it. You transfer money from your bank to this account, and for, I think it's like $5 or whatever a month, it has tier packages. You can get up to five usable debit cards for your kids. And you can send money to them as they do chores, or you can set up an allowance, however your family chooses to do it. But like they get their own way to spend money that is legitimately theirs. And I know we've talked in the past with like how to try to get our kids to manage money and attribute um, like work that they do at home with earning money. Yeah. And so now this helps us. This is something that we found that like so far has worked pretty amazing. Um, we, I, I made little charts in our house that have little magnets on them. And as they, they do all their chores, some of them have specialized tasks and there's like generic tasks. Once they accomplished all those in the past, it was like, okay, boom, you get paid your a dollar a day was our rate to get all of their stuff done. And we had like fake money that my wife uses for homeschooling. And we put them in these little envelopes that were taped to our cabinet so that the kids could see, you know, how much money they had. It was never really that great of a system. It heavily relied on me remembering when to pay them. And it also relied on them when we're out somewhere to know how much money they had. And then I have to use my card to like buy the thing. And then I just take it out of the envelope. It's, it's not a great system, yeah. but it was a, a stepping stone. So this thing now, I can just transfer money to, I have my three kids. Each one of them have their own separate little page on the app. <clears> thing. <throat> I can transfer money to them as I need to. It has their balance. We, you can set up um, like a general spending, a giving, and a savings. Like account, I say account, like a little subset. Mm-hmm. If they have a goal to meet, like they want to buy a video game or a Lego set or a whatever, they can type that in and they can decide how much of their money to transfer to these each you know areas. You can control hmm. where they spend. That. That's kind of cool. Yeah, where they spend their money. So I know your kids get like skin packs for uh, Fortnite and things like that. Like you they can... don't, but we could talk about that. Okay. <laughs> well, you can set up like how much money can be spent on video games because every yeah. transaction has like a category. Um. But yeah, my son used it the other day. We went to Target, and he wanted to buy a movie, and he wanted to buy a book, and there was something else. I'm like, well, you know how math works, and you have your debit card, so that's completely on you. Oh, and don't forget to add 6% sales tax onto that, too. And so he got to have his own complete little mental discussion. He weighed the benefits of his transactions, and he landed on a decision he paid for it himself he put in his pin number we talked about what all the little little menu options are in the debit card thing it was it was neat that i could like watch them level up i know it's something that we've talked about before but it was kind of cool and now at the end of the day before bedtime we review that chart and then i can just like whoop, whoop, like <clears throat> move money digitally because money's fake now to them and it just absolves me of the responsibility of having to to be their their lender. It's kind of great. Well, so 
And that was one of the interesting things to me is that you guys didn't before this you didn't pay out in cash, right? You just kind of no, kept track. We of don't work. have cash, so right. it was a visual representation <clears throat> of uh, their monetary like account, like how much they they but have you had to their to do name. The accounting for them. Yeah, yeah. I would take a fake dollar bill and I would put it into a little paper folder, and then they could like count on their fingers and toes how many dollars and stuff they have. Because I never remembered, and they're like, "Oh, you didn't pay me yesterday." I'm like, "What you didn't do the whatever yesterday?" And so, it was a lazy system because it wasn't a great system. All right. And so this helps kind of bridge that gap. So we did. I did bring this up to my wife after you guys got it, and um, we pay out. Our kids make very little money on their chores because they have to be responsible parts of the home. They have to, if they're going to live here, they're going to do some of the work and not get paid for it. They're going to get paid for very specific things. Yep. So weekly they get, you know, six bucks or something like that. And we expect them to do the thing that we ask them to do and do it with a happy heart. And if they don't, then they don't get money, but they still have to do it. So that's kind of the way we roll. Um, and so at the end of every week, unless they do extra stuff for an additional dollar, they get six bucks. And then we have, we do that in ones and fives. Um, we have kind of a box of small cash that we use over and over. Hmm. And like, we'll pay them and then they'll, you know, eventually they'll get enough ones and we'll trade it out for a 10 or whatever like that. Yeah. So we're kind of a bank for them, but they manage their own money. They have their own thing. We encourage giving um, out of that. And so that's, we always try to encourage them to be kind of first fruits. The first thing when you get paid, the first thing you do is give some of it to somebody else. You give it to the church, you give it to a charity or whatever you think that you need to give to. And in our case, it ends up being the church most of the time, unless there's something, an event or a a thing going on. And so it is a bit of a hassle to manage the cash of it. But the thing I like about it is that they have wallets with cash in them. And so when they go to the store, they've always handled their own transactions and they get to fumble through, you know, the wallet that's as big as their hand. Mm-hmm. They, they pull out the cash and lay it all out and count it out. And then they have to deal with the, the 32nd thing of getting change into the little zipper pocket in their wallet and all that. You know, it's, it's inconvenient, but they're managing it and they have since the beginning. So when I brought up the debit card thing, as an alternative to make it easier to pay out because that's mm-hmm. really the that seems like the big benefit um my wife was still like i still want them to deal with cash and make a physical transaction as long as they can because obviously everything's going to be card based going forward digital going forward cash is going to be less and less of a an actuality so for now, and I, I kind of agree with this. I mean, I, I could see positives in both sides, but I think, you know, holding money in your hand and then letting go of that money, it begins to mean something to you at a young age when you just don't have it anymore. Whereas without that experience before a card, I could see them maybe not, it doesn't seem quite real. You know, I yeah. don't have a way to quantify how much I have. Well, Dave Ramsey says, I know both of us have went through that program. Yeah. It says that you spend 20% more just by using a card than you do with cash. Oh, really? Yeah, because that, that course teaches you whenever you're going through their their financial kind of uh, the financial peace university thing to where you learn to get out of debt to pay for things in cash because there is a very solid connection between like handing a physical dollar that represents value in your mind to somebody. Yeah versus the the good or service that you're trying to exchange it for. And so just by using a debit card, it takes away some of the real, the, the tangibility, I guess. Yeah. The, the transaction is far more abstract. So I completely understand that thought process. Yeah. Hands down. And I think, you know, there'll be a transition from our perspective for the kids. The older two will probably get one of the cards soon because they have a better grip on spending and savings and stuff like that. So we got it for the younger two. They just don't have access to, or well, they have it in a wallet, but we keep it. Right. Because you can, you have to buy another one if you lose it. And so that was also a thing. If you lose it, then you're paying for a replacement. Mm -hmm. So we keep the younger two because they lose stuff all the time. My older son, this is like a, this is a stretch for him. Yeah. To maintain something that has importance. It absolutely has value. So it's 
that that in itself is a, a teaching moment. Right. Have you seen any downsides to it yet? Any or any just like you know, you got to work around a portion of it or something because like he, he doesn't have access to the app, right? No. Nope. Or does he? So one of the questions when we sat down and my wife and I we spoke to him, uh, we're like, if we if we have any questions during this process because we didn't know whether we were actually going to do it. Like we would write it down. And the big question that we had was how can he personally track the amount of money that he has? Because he doesn't have a phone. Yeah. It, it is, let me see. So you can set chores. And like I just got a notification because he gets paid on Fridays because that's a whole separate conversation. He got, a, he got promoted. So he's no longer a day laborer. He's a salaried employee. But he gets paid on Friday for all of the the work work he does and just like you we have like these are jobs that you are responsible for that you get paid for these are the things that you will do just because you live in our house and i'm teaching you to be a responsible human if it's a threshold all of them have to be done before you meet the pay threshold um but the big question is how is he going to know without bugging me how much money he has yeah and right now other than like a some checkbook analog because he doesn't have a phone if he had a phone, he could have an app. He could see it himself. The same thing with the chores. If the, he had an app, he could see the list of chores that I set up for him that are recurring that he could then check off. And mm. then once he checks them off, I validate them and then I can pay them. Right. So because w- my 10-year-old doesn't have a phone, like there is some additional uh, workaround, but like some problem solving to do. But in my mind, I wanted to be completely hands-off to where mm. my wife was like, well, that's not really practical. So if we go out somewhere and they come with us and they have their wallets, like, how much money do I have? She's like, just look on her phone and tell them. I was like, well, right. when I went to college and I didn't know how much money I had, I had to balance a checkbook. So I wanted them to be responsible to be able to monitor that themselves. But just because of the medium that we work in in the future, like it's either a marker board that he would just update or mm-hmm. a physical like check register because he doesn't have a phone to monitor it himself. Yeah, And then I thought, like, I don't use a check register anymore. I have a budget. And that budget is on my phone and on my computer. Right. Like, so it's a, the thing about the physical money, I wholeheartedly agree with. I just, I don't have physical money. It's a pain to get physical money. it is, yeah. It's a pain to have a, like, a physical, say pain, the wussiest kind of pain. But, like, it, it's less practical to have paper cash and it's less practical to have a physical check register because the the analogs now are so convenient to use and so when they're convenient to use i'm more apt to use them so it's it's a motivator and it's an incentive so for him that's that's still the big thing is how can he track so right now we've landed on like okay if we go out somewhere and you want to know i will just tell you yeah with the little ones because they're still on a day rate um, whenever we put everybody to bed and I'm like, okay, did you do, go check your chore chart? Did you do all of these tasks? And that answer is usually yes. And if not, like, oh, I got to go run and do the thing. And they're like, okay, we read a book, we say prayers. And I'm like, okay, oh yeah. And you finished it. Your day is done. Here you go. You got paid. And they get more excited about their chores because we're both more involved. I'm able hmm. to check up on them because I realized that one of the downfalls to the, the fake dollar envelope whatever system was just a lack of discipline for all of us oh yeah um my oldest son he had to do the dishes the agreement that he set up with my wife is that he would do everything that needed to go in the dishwasher and that she would take care of or i would take care of like the bigger pots and pans or whatever and i'm like well okay but like i don't want to do the dishes (laughs) like i don't i don't think you understand why i hired you in the first place is there is a a perceived pain point and I want someone else to solve that pain point. So I hire you. If I had to do it, I'll just do it myself and save the money. And so then he got upset that like, he thinks that the, or he thought that his day rate of like a dollar a day, if he met that threshold was not adequate. He wanted to get you know, paid more. I'm like, well, if you get paid more then you're going to do more. So I sat down and we drew up like an employment contract. He had an interview where I'm like, I'm willing to pay you a $10 a week salary, but I want to get 
like all of the dishes. It doesn't matter. Pots, pans, whatever. They need to be hand washed. Some things go in the dishwasher. I want the dishes done. I don't want to wash another dish. I want your mother to wash another dish. I said, and at the end of the day, I want the dishes done by a time that we designate every night. And I want the clean dishes put away before we go to set the table for dinner the following day. I don't ever want to open my cabinets and like the dishes are not in there. They're in the dishwasher. Oh, nope. Put them away before this time. And then they will be loaded in dishwasher by this time. He agreed to it. He was excited about the app and uh, it's what, two weeks, I think into this. And he has done all of that stuff every day without complaining hmm. where he complained a lot before. The iPod helped. You know, I got the. I don't know if I told you about this. I got an iPod that I that I fixed up. We took it on vacation. He uses that like I used to use a CD player. Hmm. Uh, in his employment negotiations, I told him that I would download ten songs of his choice and put them on the iPod as a sign-on bonus, <laughs> which he was pretty stoked about. What did he pick? He hasn't chosen yet. Oh, okay. But it's there, and I'm like, I. You can agree to this or you can not agree to this. I was like, but you're not agreeing to this is you don't have to do the dishes, but you still have to do everything else because we're teaching you to be a responsible human and you're not going to live like a slob in my house. I was like, and I'll just pay your brother and he'll have all the money and you'll have none. He's like, <laughs> hold on, wait, hold on. I'm like, regardless, I have to decide as a person who has a problem, how I want to solve that problem. I can either suck it up and do it, which I don't really want to, but I have the ability to do it. Well, I can just find somebody else if you're not the right candidate. And so he signed off on the contract, and he has been doing great. It's pretty fantastic. Hmm. That's cool. We um, have had pretty good luck with the chore thing overall. So my second oldest son has had a pretty rough year uh, just in general of... Behavioral stuff, I, I guess it's pandemic-related, being stuck at home-related, you know, things kind of being thrown on their head. But one of the... And, and he's doing well now. Um, but chores became a thing, whereas they used to be, he was the first one done. Mm -hmm. He did the best job. He, you know, we'd tell him to go take a shower, and we'd be like, how did you possibly take a shower that quickly? But completely clean. So he went from being this really fast, really efficient... Just, I'm going to do whatever and get it done. To being resistant to everything and just dreading, uh, like, dusting. Like, that's, like, the easiest chore you could possibly have in a room to be like, here's a duster. Touch every surface. <laughs> just run briefly. it around. Like, you don't even have to do a good job. of Just, like, go around. And instead of doing the thing, he would cry and complain about doing the thing. And so I don't think it was about the chore. It was about just the state of life so that has improved a lot um <clears throat> and so i don't think that really like i said doesn't have anything to do with the chore specifically it's more just his attitude but other than that like i feel like we've kind of lucked out with the kids settling into their responsibilities on chores and not complaining about it mm. i mean i have a 13 12 10 and 8 year old and we rarely have to remind them of what they have to do, how well they have to do it, when they have to get it done. It's just become a thing that, I mean, over time, obviously, you know, when they were younger, it was a lot of reminding and all that type of stuff. Yeah. But, you know, now that they're out of school, like I went up for lunch and they were all done with their stuff already for the day. Like they know that the sooner I get it over with, the sooner I'm free, which is really cool. Yeah. And, yeah. and it hasn't always been that way, but it's nice to have... Like, you're part of the house now. You're part of the crew that we live here and we work on it together and we take care of stuff and everybody has responsibilities and it's not like, boo-hoo, I have to do this thing. Like, no, that's... <laughs> I guarantee you I have more to do than you do and I don't complain <laughs> about it, so... Yeah. So we're firm believers that, like, our kids' rooms are their their space. They Everybody deserves some privacy, some solace. I mean, to, to, to a limit. So... I, I give my son goals for his room. I go, these are things that are, are non-negotiables just because you, this, these are things that will set you up not to be a, a slob in the future. But if you want to decorate your room or move your room or what, put your toys where I, I honestly, goodness do not care. I was like, 
there needs to not be any trash on the floor because then you're going to start to become a hoarder <laughs> and think it's okay just to live in trash and pick the clothes up off the floor. He has a bearded dragon. So I was like, and you're going to take care of that thing because you don't need to live in like the smell of reptile poop everywhere. Yeah. So I walk into his room and I look around and before I didn't really care. And so cleaning up their room is on their list of like their list of tasks, not their payable task, but their threshold tasks. And he doesn't seem to mind anymore. I don't know if he just got to a certain level or whenever we like do a big deep cleaning, I'm like, look at how much more space you have. Look at the freedom you have to do stuff in this room. My middle son, who is about to turn seven, like used to freak out about his bedroom because it looks like this huge unbearable task with just like the little tiny things covering everything, little Legos and little pieces of the, the spiral notebooks. My kids love writing and drawing in notebooks. And when they tear out a page, it has the little slivers of like the oh, whole yeah. everywhere. Yep. And so I'm like, well, buddy, I'm, I'm going to help you. And we went in and I guided him through like, do you need to keep this or do you need to get rid of this? And we donated stuff and then we threw stuff away and it was, it was a pretty arduous task, but like at the end, I'm like, look at all of this floor space that you have. You yeah. can do so much in here now. And he was really happy. And I'm like, you see how easy it is now to keep your room clean? When over time, like with the trash or with the clothes or whatever, like that stuff is stuff that you become kind of blind to until it becomes overwhelming. I was like, so just police up those little little yeah, things. Keep up with it. And so now I like go to that chore chart. I'm like, how's your chore chart doing? They're like, good. And I do my laundry. My oldest son has to do his own laundry now because our washing machine and stuff that we bought is like the easiest thing in the world to use. It's a push like two buttons. And then I get a notification on my phone that his clothes are ready. It's pretty awesome. So the, the load distribution of like responsibilities to take care of the spaces that they occupy in our house has been pretty good. Hmm. And whether, I mean, I'm sure that it's because they've been financially incentivized to do so. But then we also try to find ways to make it easy on them. Like, just do it first thing in the morning. Get it done. Yeah. And that concept that you're talking about with schoolwork or with homework or with whatever, chores, yard work. Like, if you just knuckle down and just go, you can be done. Yep. And my oldest son, I'm like, do you like it when I come up to you go, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? I was like, is that just barking and whining at you and you feel angry? He's like, it makes me so mad when you guys do that. I'm like, well, how good would it feel if you just go, yes, all of it's done. And then just like drop the mic in front of me. He's like, well, that'd be, that'd be pretty good. I'm like, you could get me just to shut up in my, in my steps. Lock me up. Like, that's what you would do. Yeah. But what about this? I did it. Well, uh, what about this? I did that too. What else you got? I was like, it's this air of superiority that you can feel in this moment. <laughs> I don't know if that's the thing you If you encourage. did it right. <laughs> but you want to feel superior to me, But kid? you're not doing it right. Yeah. Now, I, we've tried that. It's been interesting, like, with um, the one I was talking about earlier. Like, he, we've tried all the different tactics. And when I say all the different tactics, we've tried a lot of different approaches to getting to, like... Getting him to understand the value of the time that he's wasting by being upset yeah. about the small amount of time that he actually needs to do something, you know. And it's been that part of the last, I don't know, year, I guess, has been extremely frustrating. Because it's not like, well, if we can just get to him through this way, or if, or if we learn how to talk to him in a way that he'll really understand it, he can internalize it because we've just tried thing after thing after thing after thing. And I don't think it's something that we can create i think he's just maybe growing out of it now you know mm. moving on or something like that but because we've tried that same kind of thing like yeah i won't have to give you these big long lectures if you're done with your stuff you know <laughs> i won't have to irritate yep. you anymore if you're done with your stuff but do you like listen not, to me nagging at you yeah uh, no then don't make me nag at you. yeah seriously like it's I'm a cause, him, simple cause and effect. i don't want to do this yes. i don't want to bring this up anymore hey but, you know this sucks for me too <laughs> yeah so Anyway, but well, I'm glad that's uh, that's working out from the chore perspective and the money perspective. I mean, I think it's it's really cool. I, I I'm anxious to try it, but I totally understand why my wife wants to. And I totally get that perspective. You know, hold on to that a little bit longer. And if it weren't for like us trying the the 
the paper bit of it already. I, I know that it was a, an analog to actual physical currency, but this just seems to work a whole lot better. Yeah. I'm able to manage it a lot more. Oh, and oh, okay. So cool things. They're not sponsoring us. We should we should call Miles and see if they can sponsor a video. Mm. Dope. But in the I talked about you can like designate a saving a particular savings item and then work toward it. Like you put the price in the app and then yeah, so they can see how much more money they need to accrue. The giving app you talked about giving to church. <clears throat> so I talked about that with my son. Like so now that you're earning real money, it's time to set up the eighty ten ten you know spending giving saving thing. So when he gets paid his ten dollars, I am able in that automated process. It asked me whether or not he did his chores, and I am willing to pay him yes or no. Because I told him in the seven-day period, he gets three days of messing up. If you mess up any one of the goals that we have more than three days, you don't get paid for the week. He said, okay. So uh, it will automatically designate 10 in savings, 10 in giving, and then the eight in spending. You're able to find charities and automatically give the, the give amount directly to a charity. There's also a different tier where it has an investment option where your kids can choose to invest. And hmm. I'm imagining like a Robin Hood type, you know, investment app thing. We didn't go that far because um, we were talking about giving and giving your the, the first 10% of what you have uh, for the glory of God. And I was like, well, we give ours to the church for these reasons. He's like, well, I mean, our church is really nice. And I don't think the church like really needs my money. And I'm like, well, that is a, a very... That is, that is a way of thinking that a lot of people have. I'm like, okay, but if you feel that way, then how can you use that money for God's glory, to be a blessing to other people? And we have a friend of ours who is doing like a, a bake sale. I forgot how old her um, girl is. But anyway, she's saving up money. She's baking things. She's like, oh, I could give the money to her, and then she could go to camp, and then I get some cookies. I'm like, well, that's a transaction. I was like, that's not being a blessing. You're being a customer. <laughs> I was like, you could just give her that money so that she could go do this thing that is important to her. You could just be a blessing to her without expecting anything in return. He's like, okay. He's like, he's kind of getting it. But the, I thought it was really cool that that app that you can go and search different categories <clears throat> and you can find specific charities. And I told him that like, you can pick whatever you want to do to give to that money or do with that money. Give it to somebody for the glory of God outside of yourself without trying to get any accolades. And so he can choose hmm. and it can just, we talked about every month sitting down and figuring out what he wants to do with his, his give money. Yeah. But I thought that that was a cool feature. That is a cool feature. I, I will say that I have a little bit of hesitation on, again, not a judgment call at all, just in our own personal, the way we've handled the giving thing is that we've made sure to, um, give the kids their pay in full and then the the effort of giving uh, from that is yeah. on them now you. we're standing there with our hand out like <laughs> we're going to put this money right back into the envelope that's going to church with us right, right but it is up to you to decide to part with your money and get that. that has been surprisingly good like i would have kind of expected like pushback like you know i don't know if i really want to and it's like right here in my hand or whatever but because we're doing like the here's your pay okay now the first thing you should do we're not going to tell you you have to but the first thing you should do is give from it and since they're getting six dollars ten percent of that is sixty cents and they get six dollar bills so we're like well you know you invented a six dollar bill <laughs> six dollar bills <laughs> so um you know, we leave it up to them. Like, if you want to cash that out and give 10%, you can. If you want to give more than that, you can. And the cool thing is we've, we haven't started. They have started the habit of like, well, I mean, a dollar's, that's cool. That's a little extra. And they do that on their own. And that, that makes me really happy because it is a thing we encourage. We don't force, but it, it puts the onus on them yeah. to, to decide, you know. So I guess that might be a thing. Um just to consider like the effect and it's the same as like paying with cash, you know, at a store, it has that same effect of like them doing it and seeing the transfer, uh, whether it's to a store or to a 
a give to somebody else or whatever. So I think with the the monthly sit down thing again, this is the first time we're actually reaching this uh, this topic and how to practically do it or allowing him to figure out how he wants to do it. Uh, well, the roof of your Lego That's house so just cool. ripped off like a. The second story toolbox. has a handle. Hmm. Anyway, sorry. I'm hoping that they're like. The monthly sit down, like, okay, what are you going to do, allows him to choose. But, yeah, I again, I completely agree with the benefits of having the, <laughs> that mental transaction of parting with something that you find valuable. Yeah. And by having that transaction purely digital, I think mentally there is a separation. Um, but then I wonder... I guess we're never, I'll say never. In my lifetime, I don't imagine that we're going to get rid of paper currency at all. Yeah, I doubt it. But I wonder if just the thought of paper currency and its perceived value is less. Because people use paper currency less. I don't know or that does it's, it make it more valuable? I don't know that its value is in question there as much as its... Um you can you can more easily like quantize it Quant, quantize it Quant, quantify it quantify it that's the word i was looking for <clears throat> quantize is not the same thing um so i think especially as as a child who doesn't have the experience of having and and separating with the thing that you've worked for you know like you receive it you give it you spend it you whatever without that experience um, I think it may be harder to just get a grasp on how much quantity you have, how much mm -hmm. quantity your work is causing in your life, how much effect you can have on someone else by giving part of that work to them through the money transaction. And so I think, I don't know that the, the currency itself, you know, if, if our perceived value of that currency is changed, but I think the effect that having a physical representation of the work, the hours that you've put into something, I think can have a bigger effect on kids for a while. And then just like us, they understand it. You don't have to carry cash around or have like a mattress full of money or whatever just to prove that you have worked. <laughs> we didn't talk about that as a possibility. <laughs> That's true. But Putting yeah. all my faith into big banks. It's a weird thing. I mean, like, you know, you want you want them to learn how to manage their own money, but at the same time, you want to have to teach them what money is. Yeah, like they, they almost have to understand the, the profit and loss of life to really... But I think even as an adult, that subject is is becoming harder to associate. with. I mean, it's, it's a number on a screen. Yeah. And now, I guess being a responsible-ish type human, like the cost of my efforts and the benefit of my efforts is in... Things that just exist, like the lights on or water out of the tap. Hmm. So it's hard because the kids talk about like they don't understand where the value of my my work, me going to work, me doing a thing. They don't understand that like, oh, the house just comes with water and comes with lights. Like this is a thing. We have a home. Right. They don't know anything different. But maybe growing up and like <laughs> we talked about him being paid under the table. Because that's what I was like this whole time. You've been a day laborer getting paid under the table. You've been paid in theoretical cash. I was like, you've not had any way to track your money. And I remember when I stopped getting paid under the table, like as a as a person. I was like, oh, man, I got to pay taxes and all this other stuff that like <laughs> was a, a concept in like a flash of a lecture in school in one class that I was not able to understand. Transaction fees, like, I don't know what that means. The first time I had a checking account was when I went to college. And the only reason I had a checking account is because SunTrust Bank in Central Florida gave me a free t-shirt. <laughs> then I had a credit card for yeah. literally the exact same reason. No, yeah. I think they had a spaghetti dinner and a free t-shirt. So mm -hmm. I got a credit card. Yeah. I didn't really understand what to do with it. I didn't understand how to manage it. My mom's, like, accounting system for the bills that we had in her house, because of the times that we lived in, like, my father was in the Air Force and she was a nurse, and both of them got paid by direct deposit. But my dad was in the Air Force in the times where they had to go to the pay officer and get paid in cash. Huh. Yeah. Wow. So their ability to 
learn how to manage money with the practicality of adapting your practices to the changing times was was very dramatic she had a picnic basket like a yogi bear style picnic basket that sat in the living room beside this chair that had all the bills and stuff in it and i was like i'm getting older i'm going to college hey mom can you teach me how to like manage money and live and she's like, oh, absolutely. And so she sat down and she pulled out this picnic basket. First, with, you got to buy a picnic basket. With litter in it. <laughs> it was like the recycling bin. Basket of trash. Yeah, like go out to your, your driveway and pick up your recycling bin and then just like, this is how we pay the bills. First, I have to call the bank. I know how much we should be getting paid, but I have to make sure that it actually is that amazing. So I call the bank. I'm like, on the phone? And this was in like the late 90s. Yeah. So the internet was a thing. You... You dare not trust your actual money to it at this point in time. I'm like, Ugh, okay. He says, and then I owe these people. And then we got to write these people a check. I'm like, a check. Okay. I wrote a check one time in school. How do I write a check? I don't remember. I don't have checks. I'm like, when do they send you checks? She goes, you don't have a bank account. <laughs> I think I had account, but I had, oh, no, no, no. That's right. I had an ATM card. Oh, yeah. ATM card. Anthony, do you know what an ATM card is? Yeah. Okay. Not a debit card. You couldn't use it at a store. You could only go to the ATM and pull out, pull out physical cash. So when I got my checking account in college, as a grown-up on my own, I didn't know how to use it. Hmm. Like I thought I had to take it to the ATM because I was dumb and didn't know any better. I used it at a gas pump one time, and I got really scared. So I only paid for $5 worth of gas on my debit card, my actual debit card linked to my checking account. And then I went inside and paid the rest in cash because <laughs> I was afraid I didn't That's know what funny. I was doing. That's funny. So I think like this being the baby step introduction to you receiving an income source for work that you do and then how you are able to manage that through saving, through like fluid, spendable money, and then also setting that money aside <laughs> to give. But I think understanding that transaction process in in the, the the times that we live, yeah. To while, yeah, I would. I don't know if I want to pay them in cash. That means I have to go to the ATM and get an ATM fee just to pay in cash, or go get cash back at the store, and they're only going to give me large bill denominations from the automated machine. Hmm. I'm still of the mind that just about every time I go, and maybe this is an age thing, or a habit, or a both. I don't. I don't really know, but. When I pay at the grocery store, somehow it ended up grocery only, I always get $20 cash back so that there is cash in my wallet for mm. whatever. Yeah. And it turns out that I end up spending that most times on haircuts <laughs> because like when I get my haircut, mm. it's like, well, let me pull out my phone and stick in my square reader. And I'm like, here, just here's a 20, like yeah. be done. But it's weird that I don't think I decided to do that. It just turned out that I don't, you know, our bank is not here. It's in Georgia. So I never moved accounts up here. There's no ATM that I can go to. Our bank doesn't have physical locations. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, the only way I can get cash from my bank account is to do cash back at one of the stores. Yeah. And I think just having some cash on hand, although I can't remember the last time I had to pay with cash somewhere, but I think there's something about, like, having the option, just having a little bit in the wallet, you know? Yeah. Now, kids aren't going to feel that. I mean, they don't need to. But like, they're not going to have that experience of, I don't know which stores I can pay with a card at yet. Because I remember that time. Yeah. You know, oh, absolutely. Like, there's just certain places you just have to have cash. And I don't think that's really a thing anymore. I'm trying to think. Of, there's like that one ice cream place in Louisville that we tried to go to that one time. <laughs> and it only accepted cash. Hmm. But yeah, I definitely remember... Uh, <clears throat> like, can I use a credit card here? Having to ask that yeah. walking into a store. Right. And then... It transitioning to the point to where like, oh, that's just bad business. You're a terrible businessman if you don't take the money that I'm trying to give you. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Rather than it being like, oh, golly, can you do this thing? It would be great if I could have your stuff. Can you please? To like, why are you doing this? You're losing money. This is stupid. You're going to go out of business soon and walk out of the store. <laughs> but like for haircuts in particular, that's yeah, something that, that, that we digitally budget for. So, because usually myself and my two boys, like we go get a haircut at one time. I factor in the tip. I know exactly how much I'm going to give her. It's all because we live by a budget. Like all that stuff is preordained. Hmm. 
And so whether I got that money out in cash or I had it uh, allotted digitally, like it's the same to me. Yeah, right. But when we were doing Dave Ramsey stuff and we lived in Belgium, man, <laughs> talk about dedication to trying to do that. And so the Dave Ramsey thing I'm talking about, it talks about you have these envelopes. You sit down, everything that you have to pay with a check or online, your utilities or whatever, you pay that way. But everything else, your groceries, your haircuts, if you smoke cigarettes, whatever other cash, your, your daily transactions, you try to do in, in cash as much as you can. So you go to the store, you plan it all out. And you're like, hello, cashier, Becky, I need 37 ones. I need four tens. I oh, need two twenties. Okay. And then you break it up like that meticulous. That's one aspect, which was really beneficial at the time. Because when that envelope is empty, you're done. Right. You can't overdraft because it's cash and you don't have any more. But when we lived in Belgium, we had to pay our local bills that way. So we would go to a thing called the cash cage, which That's was so weird. on the international NATO base, but run by U.S. Army finance people. And so we would go, all right, I need seven 20 euro bills, four 16, like 16 five euro bills. I need a handful or this many two euro coins. Then I need four $20 bills. And it was wow. so crazy to come up with this like shopping list of, of, of money, denominations of money. <laughs> That is really strange. It took a lot of discipline and it was very frustrating for a very long time, but it set us up on the proper path mm. and we paid off so much debt that we just lazily, ignorantly, immaturely got into because we didn't know how to manage money. And while that meticulous denomination shopping is can easily be one extreme, yeah, uh, I think this is a lot more inside the current bell curve. For us. Well, yes, I would love to do the cash thing like you're talking about. We we kind of tried it. It kind of didn't hit. That could have been because we were undisciplined. It could have been just because it's inconvenient. Therefore, we're not apt to do it more often. But I, I am really proud of this being an option. I'm really proud that this is currently working. Yeah. That the card itself has intrinsic value on my son. It allows him to level up mentally. It allows him to take on some responsibility. It allows him to have a little bit of freedom. He has a wallet. He knows where his wallet is now. My middle son, like I bought him the, the one ring from Lord of the Rings for his birthday. And he loses it all the time. And it randomly shows back up. On another hobbit? Yeah. People get killed. It's <laughs> terrible. Constantly. Yeah. But um, he's like, oh, where's my card? I'm going to put it in my wallet. I'm like, well, you don't have a wallet. He's like, yeah, but I made one out of paper. I'm like, okay, great. But where is it? I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, that's not a good start, buddy. <laughs> He's like, but I want to have my card. I don't want you to hold it. I'm like, okay, well, where is your ring? I don't know. I'm like, that's the one ring. If you can't hold on to the most powerful energy source in all of Middle Earth, how can I trust you with your own debit card? <laughs> so it's in a secure location. <laughs> it's in Mount Doom. Yeah. Um, so. All right, so switching gears a little bit. This is a... Uh, I mean, it's, it's same financial talk, but you mentioned buying skins for Fortnite earlier. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so I am all Do we for, need to explain what skins are? Maybe. So in Fortnite and other games, they're uh, a skin pack for characters. So when you go into play, you can pay extra money every month or every whatever to buy a every different month? skin. Like you rent them? Well, no, there are new ones every month. So it's like clothes and stuff. Digital clothes. Yeah, digital clothes for a character that have zero bearing on playability, on um, capability, anything. They okay. affect nothing. It's like when you make a, a Wii character, some right. of the features are behind a paywall. Uh, yeah, but they don't actually do anything. Yeah, it doesn't affect your gameplay. It just like, makes your thing look a You may have way. a different dance at the end of the thing when you kill somebody. Maybe. Okay. But it doesn't actually affect the gameplay. And I want to be really clear about that. It doesn't make you any better. It's not the golden gun. Makes Right. It has no bearing. You just have a gold gun. On anything. <laughs> it's not a gold end gun. So when my boys started playing Fortnite, they played for a long time. They There's a there's an in-game currency called V-Bucks. And you can buy V-Bucks with real money so that you can spend them in the game on multiple things. So basically you can deposit cash. You get these in-game thing credits that you can spend. Like on. Twitch. Twitch had like bits. Yeah, yeah, stuff. yeah. Very similar. Okay. Um... So they have they also have this battle pass thing, which is a monthly or quarterly, I don't remember, collection of skins and emotes, dances, and 
again, things that don't affect anything, mm-hmm. but they're sponsored. So, like, there was a Mandalorian hmm. thing. So you could be the Mandalorian, and you get his rifle, which cool. works just like every other rifle, but oh. it's the mm-hmm. Mandalorian's. And then there was a Marvel one, and there was whatever. So they just want to look like these sponsored characters. But it's a collection of these assets. Uh, yeah, that monthly okay. thing is. So when they first started playing, they asked me if they could get this battle pass. And it changes occasionally. Five bucks. And I was like, okay, we're setting, you know, the game's free. That's how they get you. So we're going to, yes, I will get you each the battle pass on your different accounts because you have to do it per account, not per console. So we do this thing. Next month comes around and they're like, oh, can we get the new battle pass? I'm like, I'm not paying for another one of those things. It's five bucks. If you want it, maybe. And they're like, yeah, I have five bucks. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, wait a second. They didn't have the experience or the same experience of going, taking cash, going to a store, buying a toy. They have had that experience. But my experience was you get money, you go to a store, you buy a thing, you come home with that thing, and you play with that thing until it falls apart. Or you get tired of it, or you sell it, or you whatever. The, The digital transaction and digital object... Uh, financial situation that we are currently in the you know pay for functionality behind an app wall or skins or filters or all of that stuff we are used to because it happened when we were adults and we had a concept of value and we understand that our money is going to a thing Mm -hmm. and so they don't have that yet but they are immediately thrust into if i want to look like that in game with no effect i spend money Mm mm-hmm And so I immediately pushed back on them and said, you know what? We're not doing the digital, the skin thing. We're just not going to. I understand it's your money, but I am the gatekeeper for how that money gets to a game system. Mm -hmm. And so I'm putting my foot down here and I'm going to say, you are not going to spend money on something that you can't at least take with you somewhere else. Hmm. So if they buy a game, they've bought games, that's a digital transaction for a digital object, but... We moved from a PS4 to a PS5, and they could take that with them, right? So I look at that as it's an object. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just a digital object, and it has effect. They can play the game and get enjoyment. A skin has no effect. It makes them look like something for a minute and a half until they get killed, and then they can put it on the next time they play. I don't know. I, but it's become like a thing in our house. Where There's some deep like psychological paper that can be written up about this. Yeah, but I think it's a problem. Yeah. I th- and I don't think it, I don't think it's a problem. I think it has potential to be a problem for a kid growing up in an economy where they're spending money for nothing. And maybe that's maybe I think I've, that's the conversation. Maybe I've done the same thing in a thousand different ways, and I just don't see it. That's, I that's guess absolutely I'm, possible, but there's no. You're not getting an experience. You're not yeah. paying for an experience. You're not paying for a leg up. Well, you are paying for an experience, though. No, I disagree. Okay, but you're not paying for um, increased capability. You're not getting a better gun or higher jumps or faster reaction or right. better screen or you know what I mean. You're not. Mm-hmm. You're not like. It just feels like. If I were to let them, sure, take your $5 a week and put it into skins, I feel like they may as well just burn it and get the same effect. And it's maybe it, not... Are a, they transferable? No. Hmm. I mean, maybe from system to system. Like no, I mean like between players. No, no, no. They're okay. Not. So it's not a commodity. No. I think that would even hmm. be... You could look at that as an investment. Right. But I don't think it is. And so maybe it's the hmm. wrong hill to die on, but like I... I've pushed back really hard on this thing and just said, look, that's not a thing we're going to do. If you want to ask your grandparents for V-Buck cards, because you can buy cards mm-hmm. at Target with V-Bucks on them. If you want that for your birthday, you can put the code in and spend it however you want on skins. That's great. Yeah. But like, you're doing work every week to get money. And if you take that money and you turn it around and spend it on something that has no... Effect is the thing that keeps yeah. coming back to my... I can't think of a better way to say it, but... I don't know. Am I wrong there? So now that I'm a parent, I'm able to look back at my parents' decision-making and relate more. Uh, so two of your kids are in middle school right now. Yes. And I do not take your children as 
um, ones that would bow to like peer pressure, especially for really vain things like clothes or shoes or whatever. Like right. that was like a status type symbol. I think we've talked about it. So I remember going to like buy a pair of shoes with my mom and there were these one pair of Nikes that we used to see in the, uh, the East Bay catalog. I don't know if you got that. Oh, doesn't sound familiar. Yeah. It's a magazine. It has like shoes and crap in it. So I remember like, Oh mom, these are the Jerome Bettis pair of Nikes that these shoes are usually like $180 and they were on sale for like 80 bucks, 75 or $80. I remember like way more. The, the sale price was way more than my mom was willing to pay for shoes for me. Regardless. She was like, no, that's dumb. She's like, why would I spend that much money on shoes? You're just going to grow out of it. The whole real reason. The only reason that you wanted, and I placed value on those things, was because of peer pressure. Mm. Some societal norm that I was trying to to achieve. Uh, the shoes I had on my feet, my um, outlet mall Converse worked just fine, I suppose. I needed some new shoes, but there's no reason we couldn't go to the Converse outlet and go get those. Right. So perhaps, I, I'm giving kids the benefit of the doubt, it may be some status symbol thing among peers that... Yeah, you have the character that runs around in his underwear and shoots the gun. You can still kill everybody. You can be a champion with your underwear guy. Or you want one that looks like the Mandalorian is going to cost you money. Like the only, re I say the experience. I think you pay for the experience. The value in that experience for you as a parent or me as a parent to them as a kid, I think is wildly different. In the same light uh, that the shoes conversation was to my mom. She did not understand the intrinsic value or the societal value that those particular or that status of shoe had versus my outlet mall converse. Mm -hmm. She didn't get it. She was resistant to it. And then I explained it to her and eventually she bowed and she got them for me, which was great. <clears throat> they did not fit like at all. They were way too big. <laughs> it was like a, a Doug funny type situation where like I had to get the same shoes, but you had stuff towels in them. I don't know if you ever watched Doug. No. Anyway, she did not get the the transaction. To her, it was a financial loss to do this thing. And in my mind, even though it wasn't my money, and it probably would have been different if it was my money, the value extended beyond a monetary transaction. Now, I don't know if that's right. the way for the kids. I don't know if there's some kind of peer pressure or societal norms that they're trying to go to, or if it's just like, oh, neat, I want to play as a Mandalorian, which on some like nerdy level, like, oh, that sounds cool. Yeah, but I'm not into that game. I don't invest. I mean, it's the same as these legs. Like, one, like, but Bob, like, go blocks are way cheaper though. Yeah, and so it's it's strange, and it's just because I I am now being able to empathize with the decisions that my parents made now, like what my kids put value in. I agree with microtransaction games. I don't. <laughs> I'm glad my son doesn't like Fortnite because there's killing and he doesn't like that concept. Hooray. And then I also shut down the idea of microtransaction games, not because they're fun, not because they're like a, a way to relate to your friends or whatever. Just you're being swindled. Yeah. That's what bugs me. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I will immediately nip in the bud anything where I feel like, or people that I love are being swindled regardless of what it is. So I'm already a no. So my kids don't really care about skin packs or microtransactions because I've eliminated that from possibilities in their mind. If they want to make those decisions later on, that I am setting them up now to be able to make decisions about their financial well-being uh, in my own home where it's okay to be stupid with your money for now. Yeah. But at a much younger age, you can have that stupid period before you realize your responsible period. And hopefully by that time, they can be ready to then go out into the world and not leave their debit card and their driver's license and the little Tubi thing at the SunTrust Bank in Orlando because you don't know how the little Tubi thing works. That's a very, very specific example. I don't know. I mean, it just kind of <laughs> came to me. I'm, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. And I think, you know, I have shown to the kids the difference in the skin purchase, that microtransaction that has no effect versus the ones that do. And I think I'm trying to make the distinction there. Like DLC content, like they've bought that. That's more game. Yeah, it's yeah. more game. It's new levels. Yep. It's new weapons. It's new mm -hmm. whatevers, new dinosaurs in the game that they're playing. That's great. And I encourage that because I get that you are buying into more. You're spending on something that you get in return. 
the skin thing, I just, or like emotes, these non, they're like, it's not even that they're non-tangible, they're like. It totally is non-tangible. But, well, I mean, but yeah. it's all non-tangible, but I mean, I just, I wish there was a it's word, a, I can't figure out what the word is. We to should invent that word. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought about it while you're doing this. They don't understand the concept of having, like you talk about paying for a toy, you play with the toy until it goes away. Ninja Turtles toys comes to mind because you, you think of how many variations they made of those four characters <laughs> yeah. and how many ridiculous Raphael Ninja Turtles that I had to buy just because like, ooh, well, this one, he wears a mask. Ooh, this one, his head flips into a shell. Ooh, this one, he has a Hawaiian shirt on. I have to get all of them right. to where now it's a digital asset. So on a business standpoint, like hurry, Epic Games, you kind of did it. You learned how to print money. Congratulations. Uh, you're just not going to print my money. Yeah. I mean, if you could sell them at a yard sale, you sell a Fortnite yeah, skin Yeah, I guess at a yard that's sale. the thing is that it, what do you do with that value? Value means different things to different people. I think we understand that. But what is it that you're hoping to get out of that value? Where is it placed? Is it placed in your status amongst your friends? Because then it would be a conversation about reshifting that value statement. And like, mm -hmm. well, how about you just get a better gun? That way you can murder them in their face and you can stand over them and reign supreme. In game. In game. in game. In game. Wouldn't it be great if you just like murked the Mandalorian in his face and then you just stood there $5 richer and triumphant? Okay. Well, see, that's another point. That That's a, a good thing. So when they were asking me about these skins, they're like, yeah, it's Deadpool, man. I'm like... Okay, so you can still suck as Deadpool. As like you're, that's not going to make you any better. <laughs> yeah. But think about if you go into game in the default skin, like you log into game, you don't change a single thing. You go in and you just annihilate everybody in the game with the noob skin. Yep. How awesome is that? Yep. And they were like, "Oh yeah." I'm like, I mean, wouldn't you feel cooler that than like, yeah, I got killed as the second person of a hundred, but I had the Deadpool skin. I, mean, I, I would then, yes, claim it like that. You can rack up other skins as trophies. Yeah. You and, and your underwear with a bazooka <laughs> king, like, boom, take out Deadpool. You could, like, and you imaginatively hang a Deadpool head on your wall to where you don't give other people that satisfaction of hanging your Deadpool head on the wall. And so I did that. I logged in. The one time I've played Fortnite, I logged in, didn't change a single thing, default skin, won the match. Nice. It was pretty awesome. And then you just hold on to a five dollar bill and, and I was put like, it in your pocket. <laughs> and I was like comedically. That's how you do it, guys. And then I walked away because I know that if I play again I will get destroyed. But And you'll want to be Deadpool? Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Deadpool, those are pretty I don't cool. know how this Deadpool skin got on my account. I mean, guys. so like I'm just like the Mandalorian? That's just how that works, guys. <laughs> hmm. Must be because I'm a dad. That's pretty interesting. Anyway, we've been going long. I hope this was an interesting conversation. You can let us know. On social places, yeah, I would like to hear back from people on this. Right. I mean, I think it's a, an important thing, especially people that have uh, older kids. How did you teach them about money, and especially how did you teach them about money in this day and age? Man, that sounded old. In this day and age, where money, <laughs> age, age. It, where money is a is a weird thing now. Yeah, like it almost has to be completely online. So, how do you do that? I'm curious. Yeah, I would like to know. Um, and if you're on the Discord server, if you're part of the Maker Alliance, you can. Talk to us about it there. Mm -hmm. I am making effort. I don't know if anybody's noticed. I noticed. I've been spending a lot more time on Discord. Because not that I not that I ever didn't do it on purpose, but I just I'm leaving it open now. I'm spending time talking to people there and trying to be around and engage more. And it's awesome because it's a fantastic group of people. So if you want to join the Maker Alliance and get access to the Discord server, get uh, what are you pointing at? I'm pointing at the thing on the screen. Oh, it's on screen, yeah. Uh, yeah. it's I like to make stuff.com slash join if you're listening. But we have a bunch of things uh, in the Maker Alliance that you get if you're if you're part of that crew. Discount codes. Which do, I just sent out today. Oh, great. Um, we do a monthly video hangout. Big group of cool people. Um, talk for an hour or so. And then I go have dinner and then they talk for another two hours or so. <laughs> it's pretty fantastic. But there's a bunch of stuff. It's great. Go check it out if you want to. Where can people find you? On Instagram at Josh underscore make stuff, where currently we are diving into the science of hot dog bun slicing. <laughs> He's not Which, joking. You may make a silly face at your radio right now. But radio. You're, shut up. 
Thanks for, thanks for listening this to this show on AM radio. radio. We appreciate it. Um, <laughs> on you can WKPP find all of us at I Like to Make Stuff on All the Stuff. We will be back soon, I promise. Oh, is, dang. We almost forgot the thing we had to do. I was just thinking that. Good call. You, I'm uh, almost done. Messed up. Are you going to do it? So there's a thing. You, you have to Set do it up. Okay. How, I don't know. Do I give it I'll, away? I'll do it. You do it. Okay. We got a thing. Special thing. Secret so thing. Father's Day is coming up on the 20th of this month. Uh, we have partnered with the Home Depot, you know, the store with all the tools. And they have given us stuff to give away to people. Like a significant amount. Right? Of stuff. It's great. And I'm kind of jealous that I'm not, I have to read the fine print to see if I'm actually <laughs> able to enter this drunk because I, I want it. I don't think you can. It's three gift cards. There's a $1,000 and then two $500 gift cards available to the winner, anybody that can win this thing. And they were just like, give it away. Yeah. We don't care how you do it. Give it away. It's Father's Day. <laughs> People are working on stuff. So you guys should give them money to come buy stuff at our place. And we said, okay, you got cool stuff at your place. And yeah. we said, sure, that sounds great. So we are creating a Gleam giveaway. If you're not familiar with Gleam giveaways, uh, it's a little thing you earn entries. Think of you know tickets, because apparently I'm old and talking about radios. You get your <laughs> raffle tickets. <laughs> hey, you go to the Twitters and you look at I like to make stuff and I hand you a raffle ticket. Well, in the Gleam thing at the very bottom, it says the bonus code or the secret code. I don't remember how I worded it. It's I'm old and I forget things. You enter a code word and it gives you 10 raffle tickets. Extra tickets. It's super great. That code word uh, is dump truck. Ooh. All one word. I believe it's all in caps because that's what Gleam did. Mm. If you enter the code dump truck, no space. Is that a compound word or two words? <laughs> I don't know. That's not what this conversation's about. Enter dump truck with no spaces in it, and you get yourself 10 free raffle tickets. I think altogether there's numerous. I don't remember how many. It's, it's no effort for you to do all the things on that list. For real. At all. To be in the, in the running to get a whole bunch of free money to spend on tools. So do it. because One of them is subscribed to this podcast. And, and to be honest, it doesn't really do much tickets. for us. It's like, I mean, we get it's, It raises awareness. Just yeah. like go to the stuff so that yeah. if we get random passerby looky-loos who are not subscribed to all of the things. It just lets them know. It gains visibility to all the stuff that we have. It's a marketing tool. Yeah. So we are hoping to reward those people that collect all of the little... Um, Raffle tickets. Sure, but it's like a scavenger hunt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All the, this scavenger hunt, no, you're, I mean, it's nothing... Just go to the thing. You win your raffle tickets. We pick a name. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's me. Probably will be. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> and then you win what I don't spend at Home Depot. <laughs> yeah. Win, win, win. It, well, it won't be Josh, so that puts you in a better position to win. So, thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. Oh, but you can find me on Instagram at Josh underscore makes stuff. That's yeah, what said. Oh, okay. The, oh, the giveaway thing will be the next week or so. It's before Father's Day. Check out Instagram yeah. for the link. Yeah. yeah. Dump truck. Dump truck. <laughs> if my dad, can my dad win? He's sure. just a, he's just a dude. He is a dude. Our wives could enter. <gasps> that is true. That's how we do it. <laughs> okay. And our children. You're gonna get us in trouble. Yeah, our wives and our children can enter, and they'll never know about it. See you next time.